Welcome to Simplified Marketing for Small Business Owners. I'm your host, Krista Fabrick. Thank you for tuning in today. Hello, everybody, and I hope you're doing well today. Hello, Eric. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Krista. Um, so for those of you that are tuning in, if you didn't read my description or even if you, that's all you read, you may not know a lot about Eric. Uh, so Eric, <laughs> would you mind please kind of just introduce yourself quickly and tell us a little bit about your background and your business? Yeah, so kind of hard to explain what I do. Um, so there, there's kind of two levels. There's one, the things that I say that I do, and then there's the stuff that I really do. Yes. Uh, so we own a consulting firm, and we do a number of things like strategic planning and, and leadership development and communication training. Uh, but what we really do is we help people get past the, the natural human barriers uh, using brain science that, that prevent us from having meaningful connections with one another. So that shows up at work all the time. That shows up in city council meetings all the time. That shows up in, in police community relationships and interpersonal marriage, all sorts of things like that. And so what we do is we actually help people understand those barriers and then kind of help break them through. That's awesome. And I don't think that that sounds like that complicated, but I guess <laughs> I also am more involved in this space, right? <laughs> um, and so I maybe it just sounds normal talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have a, a company called Bailey Strategic Innovations Group, right? So can you explain kind of what, what does that business do? Yeah, so so what we do is we go through uh, a bunch of different organizations. Uh, we do spend a lot of our time working with municipalities, local governments. Uh, we work with small, medium, large businesses, even some Fortune 100 companies, uh, and we we do a myriad of of uh, things for them. Like I mentioned earlier, we do strategic planning sessions for them, um, including action planning. And the interesting thing we have a product we call the 10 Hour Strategic Plan uh, because strategic planning usually lasts months, and it's awful, and everyone hates it. Uh, so we we get it done in in two half days, and wow. it's it's complete. Like not go and do research now, and it's it's complete. Um, we do a lot of leadership developments, um, uh, trainings, keynotes, workshops uh, for a lot of organizations around. Uh, we do executive readiness, which is something okay. that a lot of people aren't doing. So they're, they're realizing that there's a lot of retirements coming. And so they're building succession plans, uh, but what they're not doing is they're not actually training those to come up to be executives. And it's a slightly yeah. different thing than being a middle manager or, or being an upper level leader. Um, and so those are some of the things that we do. We do actually do a lot of uh, facilitation and mediation. So if there's two people on a team and they're they just at each other's throats or they've been you know at odds for years, or if there's two departments that ha can't find ways to work together but they need to, uh, we help kind of work through those things really, really rapidly. We like to accelerate the speed of things so we can get work done faster. That makes a lot of sense, and it's I'm nodding my head uh, vigorously because um, I'm working. I'm actually working on my dissertation now, but before I got to this point, I was I had to take several doctoral classes, including I'm being in business, an executive coaching and leadership course mm -hmm. taught by a professor who's an adjunct um, because he has a day job business of he. That's what he does. He trains executive coaches to go out there and and either help executives who have been thrown into the fire without being ready or to mm -hmm. have training those that are about to become executive because I never appreciated fully until I took that class and read a lot of books and, and listened and spoke with my professor that um, being an executive is unbelievably difficult and mentally speaking, really. Mm -hmm. And a lot, most of the executives 
aren't necessarily prepared for what that's going to involve. So right, I, right, I, and, they, and they say it's they say it's lonely at the top. Right, and and that's a real thing because a lot of managers, a lot of times, you can like push upwards uh, some issues. So I, right. I don't want to deal with it or can't deal with it. I can push it upwards or I can push the blame up uphill. Um, when you're an executive, you can't do that. And so being able to navigate even even political capital is 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 a, a complex issue that people don't understand. And getting some training on that, delivering feedback, uh, those sorts of things are really really powerful. Yeah. And so you mentioned it's lonely at the top. Well, most of my audience is small business owners, which is also a very similar position where you, it's very lonely because right. nobody understands your business. <laughs> right? right. So that's why I think a lot of what you do and what you talk about does really apply to these small business owners as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny. You think about how how people process things and where where i spend a bulk of my time is is studying brain science research so psychology uh brain physiology uh all, anthropology always study all of these different different mediums and uh you find that what we're seeing now is this trend towards loneliness mm -hmm. uh which is really really interesting and this is across all kinds of businesses including small businesses but what happens is we we are starting to feel like the world doesn't understand us. Right. Um, and, and, and that's true because the world is spending less time trying to understand other people. Uh, and so we just keep pulling people. Why don't you understand me? Why don't you understand me? While no one is saying, let me understand you. <laughs> um, and so we're, we're getting into this place of, of, of extreme loneliness. And so a lot of you know small business owners, they, they can't even fully explain why they're passionate about their business to their best friends. Right. And like the friends know it's important, but can't quite understand what the business owner is feeling. And so understanding how, how people are, are dealing with this in, in a psychological sense really helps give us some resilience and some power so that we can be more effective uh, in the future. Yeah. And that's that resilience. That's such a key term for small <laughs> business owners, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so kind of segueing a little bit, but from that into the you know the, the topic for today which is the cure for stupidity which relates to all you like I said that brain science and psychology which i find so fascinating mm -hmm. can you share how how did that the, that title that book how did that come to life yeah so so the book is 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 super fun it's it's a it's not the typical business book uh, where you need to learn and memorize a whole bunch of things um it's it's it kind of walks through this process of kind of self realization. So I'll give an example and I and I, I'm I'm very humble throughout the whole thing. I, I admit I struggle with this. I messed up here or whatever. Um but but originally I wanted to call it predicting the irrational. Um and so what I find is that there's there are so many times that people uh, expect others to be quote unquote rational, uh, but more often than not, we see that they're not acting at least what we would think in their best, their own best interest. They're, they're behaving irrationally. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, if we can start to understand why people behave irrationally, we can actually, we can start to, to relieve all the frustration and all the stress and all the pressure we carry of why would you do that? How could you possibly, you know? Um, and so I started to kind of wor workshop this, um, just the, the title of it. And then I put as the, the subtitle, uh, the working subtitle, you know, predicting the irrational, the cure for stupidity at work. And when I started sharing it with people, people just started losing their minds. They're like, I need that. I heard so many stupid people everywhere. And so I'm like, well, if that's the emotional reaction people are getting, why don't we switch it? And so I, and I changed it to the cure for stupidity. And, and the reason this is, is really critical is because 
our natural behavior set is to believe that the world is exactly as we see it. Um, um, our decisions, our perceptions, our, our points of view aren't just those things, not just our perceptions or points of view, they are the real world. And we start to believe that fundamentally. And when something comes against that way of thinking, our first reaction is that's stupid, or that doesn't make sense, or that's wrong, or that's illogical. And what happens is that we start to really create these divisions amongst people. Um, and so the, the, the genesis of the book and the reason that I wrote it and I'm so passionate about it is I, I see this wave happening over the last you know decade, two decades in the political sphere. And, and what we're doing is we're actually, we're growing further and further apart. Yeah. And, and it, it's not because of any one person. It's not because of any, any, any one party. It's because of our natural human behaviors mm -hmm. and they're just being played out more and more and it's, it's, it's expanding. And so I, I decided that I wanted to write a book to help people bridge those gaps. Uh, I want to help people listen to someone with a different point of view and understand their emotions and their feelings without necessarily validating their conclusions. Right. And that's totally possible, right. but we've actually, we've, we're losing this ability. And I think that if we can start to do this, uh, we, can, we can fundamentally change the world. And that's, that's actually, that's the vision of my company is I wanna change the way the world communicates yeah. because we're losing this ability to connect with one another. Yeah, and I love that. There's so many people, and, you know, whatever the topic may be, I feel like, yeah, that if I don't agree with you, I can't be friends with you or right. do business with you or have you as an employee or whatever. It's like, wait, right. well, when did that become a thing? Like, we, yeah. we're all unique and different. And just because we don't agree doesn't mean that we can't work together or be friends or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, the word unfriend is now a word in the Oxford English Dictionary. It's like, yeah. that's a problem. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm right in line with your passion and what you're doing here. Um, so The Cure for Stupidity, you did call it a business book, though. So can you kind of give us a brief overview of, of what you know this book is about a little bit more than you've already told us? Yeah, so so I break it down into uh, a series of principles, and so I, I've I've created 22 principles that I call the principles of human understanding, uh, and each of these principles are, are based in some brain science, whether it's psychology or anthropology or whatever, and we go one by one throughout the entire book, um, and and each one is given a. A, a, an example of how it can relate uh, to to the to the office, okay. and there, there's one kind of central story that I tell throughout the entire thing, and, and relate many of the principles back to, but it's it's. Um, uh, an office scenario where we have one person who's the early to work person, and he's always the first one to get to work, and he he always starts the coffee pot for the office, right? Mm -hmm. And there, there's one person who's a the, the, the late shift. And so she's usually there like three hours after everybody else, but she also comes in three hours after everybody else. And so she doesn't know at all that the early person is, is starting, starting the coffee pot. And, um, and so he, he gets frustrated that they don't clean the coffee pot at night. And so he writes this, writes this memo, <laughs> you know, and posts it up in the break room and says, please wash the coffee pot out at 5 p.m. And because in his mind, the workday ends at 5 p.m. Well, she sees this sign and she's like, oh, here's yet another example that people don't even acknowledge that we work. If the coffee pot's cleaned at five, do we not get coffee at seven before we, you know? And so she kind of spirals and just sees the sign and tears it off because she's frustrated. 
Well, he sees her tear it off. And we actually, we kind of carry that story. And there's like, this, you know, a fight in the break room. Everyone kind of gathers around. Okay. But we see all of these just slight miscommunications, these slight misperceptions, just causing this huge issue. And, and this happens all the time at work. Um, you know, if you're if you're running to running to a meeting and you know you're going to be late, and someone stops to talk to you in the hallway, I'm sorry, I'm going to be late. And you just running, you get there like well, one minute late. You're like, okay, who? They haven't started yet. And then somebody else gets to the meeting seven minutes late, and you're like, oh, can you believe that guy always showing up late? You know, and like this, these are fundamental things that we do. Like we just exhibited the same behavior, being late. Right. And we're going to judge them so much harsh, more harshly than we would judge ourselves. And, and these things, they, these are examples that happen, you know, in the office all the time. Uh, but, but also it transcends just work, right? It mm -hmm. transcends to how we deal with our spouses, how we deal with people on the freeway, how we deal with, you know, all, all of these different scenarios because they're, they're fundamental human issues. And right. if, we can learn, if we can learn them, we can start to process the, through them differently. Yeah, I love it. That's such, you know, the real life examples right there. Like, I mean, I feel like I've seen that unfold in the workplace before. <laughs> Almost yeah. that same scenario, you know, mm -hmm. with both the meeting and the coffee, because, you know, don't right. mess with people's coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's, I love that. Oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say that the the example that that I find that I run into most frequently, not right now because you know self quarantine or whatever, uh, but the, the example I see most frequently is driving on the freeway, yeah. and you know someone cuts us off in traffic, and and our, our first response is, "Ah, oh, you're a jerk! You're so mean! You're you know," and we go we go down this process of creating the story about this person. Um, and what happens, we, we end up sitting in that, in that like frustration for hours. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we will go to work and we'll tell the story. Can you believe this one guy, you know, cut me off or whatever. And then people join in. Oh, that happened to me before. And we tell this kind of this, this misery circle. Yeah. We kind of sit in it with, with each yeah. other. But there's one really simple way to get out of that so much faster. Because we think about it, we've given this person a story. We've created the story around them. They're the villain mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're a jerk, right? And we tell the story about them. Well, all it takes to, to fundamentally flip that switch is to create a different story that doesn't make you feel bad. So the story that I tell myself when I get cut off in traffic or someone you know speeding down the freeway at 100 miles an hour, I say, I hope they get to the hospital on time. Mm-hmm. That that's it's unverifiable. I can't know whether or not they're going to hospital, right. just like I can't know whether or not they're a jerk, right? right? But I create the story that makes me feel maybe a little pity, maybe a little right. hope for them for their future, and I let go of all of that frustration so quickly, and I don't carry it any further. Right, and I love that because that can apply to so many situations where you cannot control so many circumstances, but what you can control is how you react to it. Absolutely. And that right there is a beautiful, super simple example, but so clear. Mm -hmm. you, in either case, you're never going to know what that person, why they did what they did. In either mm -hmm. case, you can't stop that from happening, right? That's right. completely out of your control. But you mm -hmm. can control whether or not you let it mess up your whole day. Exactly. There, there's a parable that a friend of mine told me. Uh, uh, her name is Dr. Maria Church. And, and she said, uh, there were two monks and they were walking, walking through, walking through from, from one, one village to another. And part of their religion is that they cannot come into physical contact with, with a female. Like that's part of the, part of the religion. So they're walking and walking, walking through, through the forest or the desert or wherever they were. And they come up to this, this river and it's a fast moving river, pretty deep water. Um, and there's a woman there on the, on the, the, the bank that they're on. 
and she's just fretting. She's just having this, all this anxiety. She's crying. And one of the monks comes up to her and says, ma'am, what, what's going on? And she says, I need to get to the other side of the river because my family's having an emergency, but the river's moving too fast. I can't cross it. And he says, don't worry, climb onto my back. I'll carry you across the river. And the other monk's like, you can't do that, right? It doesn't say anything, but like, like shock. And so they do that. They, they, he carries her across the river. He sets her down. She goes off in her direction and, and they go off in theirs and they continue on their journey. Well, about two hours later, the, the other monks say, you know, I still can't believe it. I can't believe that you touched that woman. That's so against everything that we stand for. It's against our vows. And the other monk turned to him and said, I put down the woman two hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? And, and that is what we do so frequently yeah. is we'll hold on to these things that have no, no meaning in our life anymore, but we hold on to them and they keep being present for us. And if we can learn to kind of let those kinds of things go, we can be more effective moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, that, you know, I love that, like, you know, as a small business owner, for example, you are the heart and soul of your business, whether you're yes. a solopreneur or whether you have, you know, 15 employees. Mm -hmm. If you let little things like that, you know, ruin your day, yes. and it trickles down to your entire business, right? Yeah. So that's why it's so important to really work through these things and under be aware of how you react to these situations. Mm -hmm. And just pay it, pay attention to what you're holding on to, you know, because it, it might just be, I want to win this contract. We're going to fight so hard to win this contract at the time that we're ignoring all of these other things that could be done. And, you know, winning is, that's a whole different situation. <laughs> a little chapter in the book about that, but we have this desire to win. And if, if you, if you can realize like, what are the things that I'm actually holding on to that are preventing me from being productive? If I, is it, what would it be for me to let that go? Oh man, all these things, all these ideas I've had in my head, all that creativity that's out there that can start to happen. Yes. Yes. That's the one often, yeah, we get so focused, especially as small business owners. Like we're just tunnel vision on this one thing, right? But there's yeah. all this other opportunity and wonderful things going on outside of that little tunnel, which mm -hmm. is, it's obviously it's fine. It's great to focus for specific items in the short term. You know, sometimes you just got to get me a deadline or you got to, you know, try and get that proposal out or whatever it is, but mm -hmm. you can't, you can't operate always like that. Right. 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 And, and you think about, you know, a lot of small business owners, you know, they, they're, 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 they don't realize that the work that they do, the output that they do is the, for, for, for startups and, and smaller companies, that's the best branding you can do is do good work. Right. And, and if you're, if you're, resisting doing that good work because you're holding on to something else that may, may be peripheral to the work you're trying to do or tangential to the work you're trying to do, you're not going to build that brand that you need to build. And that that is something that I personally had to work on in, in building my business is I have these ideas that, oh, I need this. So here, here a little, little side story. I don't think I've ever told anybody this. Uh, but when I first started my company, there was, there was a request for proposals out there uh, for, for um, a retreat, a team retreat. And so I, I, I submitted and I, I spent hours and hours and hours putting together this proposal. And it was beautiful, like in my mind, you know, it was a right. perfect proposal and I didn't get it and I didn't get it. And, and this was, you know, this is, you know, three, four years ago now. And um, since, since then, my business has just exploded. I mean, we're, we're so I, I mentioned I do a lot of work in municipalities. And this, this first one was a municipality, uh, local government. And um, I've now worked with 
uh, I think it's if you look at the citizenry of the of the cities we've served in in Arizona, we're like at ninety four percent of citizens oh, have wow. been directly served by our company, wow. and like that's a big deal. But not this city, right? <laughs> not, not the very first one that we yeah. missed, and so. So there's an opportunity for for another RFP uh, just just recently, and I'm like, oh, I've got to get it. I've got to get it. I've got you know. It's like I'm, yeah. I was holding on to this this loss that I had, and spending hours and hours and hours working on this this RFP, and realizing now today, actually just today, my business partner and I we were just realizing today, is it really worth this amount of time? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's worth. Wait a minute, is it worth it? And I was thinking, yeah. am I holding on to something? Right. Or am I thinking about it intentionally being productive? And, yeah. and I was holding on. And it's like, yeah. oh, how freeing was it to let go of that thing and now focus on the things that are really going to to move our business forward? Yeah. Well, my overachieving competitive nature was going, yeah, but you gotta get that thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I understand. I understand. So <laughs> but you gotta look at the other side. Like I said, you've gotten Almost every other one, right? So mm -hmm. that's <laughs> and the, the interesting thing is that we have some some contracts that other cities can piggyback on, and the interesting thing, which will be really fun if it, if it turns out this way, is if that city decides to use a piggyback and hire us anyway. It's like mm -hmm. that that would be the ultimate, you know, come right. uh, in full, full circle. And so, right. who who knows what's going to happen? But all all we can do is like what matters most. And I, I don't know if you have children, but but. Uh, Frozen two is big in our house, uh, and it's, you just got to do the next right thing. The you just got to do the next thing, right yeah. thing, and yeah. and that that as a as a framework just makes it so much easier as a small business owner to to survive COVID nineteen. Like, let's do the next right thing, mm -hmm. uh, and that that helps us helps us move forward. I love that. Yes, big big Frozen fans in this household as well. So, <laughs> I have a six and eight year old. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, you mentioned COVID too, which is interesting. So, I'm wondering if you know, of these 22 principles that you share in the book, do you do you have a success story you can share of somebody who's kind of read through it and gone and applied it into their into their business or into their workplace? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, several of them, actually. Um, and, and what I find is that a lot of organizations, uh, their HR directors love this book. And so, you know, a couple of reasons, you know, HR, they love to do book clubs and uh, leadership development. And so this is, I actually wrote this, I used to lead book clubs. So I wrote this as a good book club book. Okay. Um, and so I actually, I'm, I'm hosting a couple of book clubs and I, and I do this periodically because I want to just spend time with people who are reading it and which is just a really fun experience. Yeah. Uh, but HR directors like this because one, they can do, you know, here's a ready, ready to stand up book club. Uh, but also what it does is it gives them tools to deal with difficult conversations. It gives them tools to process when people are acting crazy, uh, for them to give coaching to other managers. Uh, and so, you know, as far, as far as the principles go, the one thing that I, the feedback that I get a lot is, is the very first principle and it's called uh, the illusion of certainty. And, and what this means is that our brains, we just have this natural, natural ability to project certainty, even if there is none. And so uh, if you think about any idea that you have, as soon as you have that idea, your brain is looking to grasp onto it as if you are certain. Mm -hmm. And we do that very easily. And what happens is that people all around us have different ideas and, 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 they, and they are just as certain about their ideas. And we end up just completely just butting heads. And so 
I've got a, a lot of partners that have taken that into into account of how can we how can we understand this illusion of scripture? How can we let it go? And I tell them, you can't. You can't let it go. You can acknowledge that it exists and you can become more aware of it, but you can't ever let this thing go. And what people have done is they say, okay, they've actually put into practice where is the illusion of certainty? I would like you to call me out when you see the illusion of certainty and I'll do the same for you. And they create this really wonderful, safe place to acknowledge that. And what it does, what it's done is it actually elevated their ability to move forward faster instead of kind of dancing around conversations. Oh, I can't talk about that. Oh, I think they're, you're doing it again, but it's uncomfortable. I want to say it. They're actually just getting right to it and they move beyond these things so much faster. Yeah, they've given each other permission to call yes. call them out on it. So that makes mm -hmm. it just a completely different environment. Yeah, and it so, builds trust. It builds yeah. trust. Fantastic. That's awesome. That's a great, yeah. That's something that like any any person listening right now could figure out how to apply that today, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and that's interesting. I, I haven't really thought about that, but I, I, I listen to a lot of um, podcasts about kind of like mindset and mental awareness and just try to be mm -hmm. very aware of mm -hmm. things that we naturally do and how we can use that tool to be better. Um, and so that's one that I've heard a lot about, but I've never put it, heard it put quite like that. So that's a very, yeah. the illusion of certainty, right? Especially yeah. right now, our brains are working yes. overtime trying yeah. to find anything that feels certain, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, especially, especially with this COVID-19 thing. And I was actually, I, I do a lot of work, you know, I mentioned resilience earlier, my business partner, Nicole Lance and I, we actually have, we've developed this online training on resilience and we've mm -hmm. delivered it probably now 30 times now because it's, it's, yeah. people love it so much. It's giving them so much power. Right. Um, but, but what we talk about is this idea that why are we struggling so much with this? Why are so many people struggling with the uncertainty? And, and, and what we've kind of, kind, of, kind of peeled back all of the layers and we say, what we want to do when we watch the news or we read articles is we want to look for the experts to tell us what's going on. And, and this entire process, the experts are saying, we don't know. Here's our best guest with current yeah. information. And then the next week, Okay, so we're going to revise. We're going to revise this now. The next best, you know, recommendations are, and so we don't even have the ability to lean on the experts for certainty, right. and so that is deeply unsettling. I don't know if you've ever been through an earthquake or, or any of your audience. Born and raised through. in Southern California, I've been through some huge you know. earthquakes. Yeah. yeah, and so the weirdest thing about after an earthquake is you're like the one thing that is certain is the ground is underneath me. The ground is solid underneath me and you're in an earthquake and all of a sudden like, wait a minute, nothing is certain. Right. And it's very unsettling because you walk and you feel phantom tremors mm -hmm. because now you're like, was that, was that something? Was that something? Mm -hmm. and, and that's really what we're dealing with here is that the ground underneath us is uncertain and we're walking through this hoping to gain certainty, but we can't. Yeah. And so that's causing a lot of anxiety for people. It's causing a lot of, uh, stress for people. And the craziest thing about it is that people, when they're anxious or stressed, they behave in ways that aren't their normal behaviors, but won't necessarily attribute it to anxiety or stress or fear. Yeah. Yeah. And so then everyone around him was like, why are you being such a grouch? It's like, well, give people permission to yeah. be off right now, you know? Right. Right. And that's another thing. It's like, you know, give, give people the space to be irrational yeah. Because in their mind, they're not irrational. They're right. processing through exactly as they should be given everything that they've got around them. Right. And that's one thing I, I think a lot more people need to be giving each other grace through all this right yes. now. 
Yes. And businesses too. That's why I feel like so many businesses have been so trashed for having a tone deaf marketing message or for opening in a certain way or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? We're all going through a very uncertain time and we're all majority of people are truly with the best of intentions doing the best they can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everyone is. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like everyone, everyone is trying to do their best. Right. And, and if someone makes a mistake, yes, absolutely. I love that you said that, Krista, is, is give them grace. Yeah. Give them grace. And, and one thing that, that I've, I've tried to hold on to as a, as a business owner is, right, you know, right now we're trying new things. We're doing more things. We're doing different things. And we're going to mess some of them up. Yep. Like it's, it's, it's a certainty <laughs> that yeah. something isn't going to go the way I hope it will. And I need to give myself grace for yeah. when, when that happens, not if, but when that happens, right. because I need to be able to try again or try something else if it fails. Um, and, and if I'm, if I beat myself up or I'm so hard on myself, I'm going to hold on to that yeah. for much longer than I actually need to. Yeah. And you know, not only give yourself grace, but I've been telling business owners that I talk to that now is the best time possible to take a risk because mm -hmm. Not only do you kind of have to, because you can't do things the way you used to do them, no matter what, no matter right. if you're fully open or online only or whatever you are now, things have changed. So you have to change something. So why not take that bigger risk? And most customers and clients are going to give you more grace now than ever because they see that you're trying to do something new, right? Mm -hmm. And they understand that it's an uncertain time that you're just trying to do something new. And so I, you know, so I think give yourself grace and then know that your customers or clients will probably give you grace as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's 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 this idea that, you know, we want to give people um uh, a little bit of grace in certain times mm -hmm. and then a lot of times we don't want to. Uh, we want to judge, we want to judge harshly, we want to point out all the flaws and errors. Um but when we go through that process of understanding that they are going through something also, um, it, it, it changes the way that we, we interact. It gives us empathy. It gives them, yeah. gives us in which empathy, the word empathy means, um, in and suffering. So right. when we're em empathizing, so we're actually getting inside of their suffering. So we need to acknowledge that, yeah, they're suffering in some way. Yeah. That changes how I react to this. It you really know? is. And you know, and that's actually, I'm going to share a really good story. It's not necessarily business related, but it is related to that and the, the right mindset. Super wise, 19-year-old cashier at Target a week ago. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm very gregarious, extroverted, social butterfly. So I've been talking <laughs> to everybody anywhere when I go out and about. And I know a lot of people, especially in like the retail stores and stuff, have had a lot of people be rude to them or upset with them or whatever. So I've tried to be go out of my way at the grocery store, the retail store, to say hello, how's your day, you know, whatever. And so many have unpoured and shared stories of like mm -hmm. rude customers and things, which is you know, horrible. So that's why I hope I could be a bright spot in the day of somebody who went out of their way to be nice. Right. But right. last week at Target, this 19 year old cashier who she, I've talked to her there before. Um, she said, this lady was so incredibly mean to me today that I was on the verge of tears. Mm -hmm. And she's like, and then, you know, when she walked away, I took a deep breath. And just like I've been doing with all these other mean or rude customers, I've had to remind myself that I don't know what they're going through right now. Maybe they lost their job today. Maybe they're about to lose their house. Maybe they're just sick and tired of being home and trying to homeschool their kids for the last nine weeks. Like yeah. she's like, I'm trying to tell myself that it has nothing to do with me and they're probably not a bad person. They're just having a really rough time right now. And she's like, yeah. and then I can then I can move on with my day and I realize it's not my problem and not my fault and I'm fine. And I was like, this sweet 
19 year old girl like she gets it right she got like, life she, figured out <laughs> right? like i was like honey you are gonna be fine she was just like i have my gpa dropped was, i'm transferring to nau in the fall because one of my jobs is on college professors so i was talking about college she's like i had a full ride to nau she's like but i can't do online classes she's like i dropped down to 3.6 i'm like it's okay get your go back in the fall go strong and get your gpa back up and reapply and try and get that scholarship again i'm like you know he did it before and she's like I know. And so she's having, she's having her own tough time. Like her own little, her full ride is gone. And yet people are treating her like this and she's able to turn it around and be like, Hey, you know what though? They have, they're having, they're having a rough time. It's not my, it's not their fault. Like, so anyways, that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's beautiful. The, the, the reframing of that is so powerful. And, I, and, I, and that's what I, what I keep saying, you know, in, in the context of my book, it's, what would the world look like if we could all be that 19-year-old target employee? You know, like what what would it look like if we were all able to say, you know what? Maybe they're going through something I can't understand. Right. That, that's that is that is a fundamental change in 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 the framework of our country. Mm-hmm. And and it would be a beautiful thing. I'm not saying that everyone needs to agree because we're not no. going to, we're not going to. But right. if we can allow people to have their own reactions and their own opinions yeah. and still be respectful like right. that's a really really powerful thing yeah well i i think i'm i'm excited to get this book and read it because i think i can learn you know i i like i was telling you before we got on hopped on i'm in this space a lot and i know a lot of people that are very much in mindset and motivation and and in all these positive things that your book is mm-hmm. about but um, i love the idea that's related very specifically to kind of the workplace and to business and um, I think what you're doing is gonna, you can literally change the world, right? One person at a time, what you're doing yep, can change the world. <laughs> that's the goal. You know, one thing, you know, we're we'll kind of wrap up here pretty soon, but there's, there's one thing I, I want to, I want to share. Uh, and this just comes from the research, the brain science research that I've done on, on resilience, um, and trauma actually, uh, is, is I think back to, to September 11th, right? Mm-hmm. So pl- planes hit the towers, the entire country mourned. Uh, it was, it was, it shook us all. It shook us all. And if you think about what happened immediately after that is we came together closer as a country than we ever have. Maybe, maybe, maybe during world war two, maybe we're maybe closer, What we find is that there's these, these major traumas. And then after that, we have these major, uh, uh, collections of humanity. All of a sudden, we become more human together, right. and that happens routinely. And there's there's research from from a doctor named Har- Harvey Whitehouse, and he said that dysphoric events, so so the opposite of euphoric, dysphoric right. events, um, they they stick in our memories a lot. So we actually spend a lot of time considering them, thinking about them, replaying them, and so they actually stand out stronger in our minds. And if we share those dysphoric events with other people those other people hold stronger significance in our minds as well. And so we end up forming these bonds, oxytocin, the brain chemicals release, helping form bonds, which is a beautiful thing. The caveat is looking at what we're dealing with now with COVID-19 is that if we believe that we are experiencing a different adversity than somebody else, we're not going to get that that, that bonding. We're not going to have that. And so as a small business owner, it's very important to me that all of my employees feel like they're, we're going through this together. Mm-hmm. And so I've got uh, one coaching client who has a team of just about a hundred people and, and some of them 
are able to work from home. Some of them are not able to work from home. So it's not that they're essential. It's just they don't have the technology to do it. Um, And so they're having this this really interesting division in the team. And so these people say, it's not fair. You get to work from home. And after a month, these people are like, that's not fair. You get to go to work. They're not getting that bonding experience. And so find find all the common denominators that we are actually sharing this. So uh, a lot of people talk about the toilet paper. Like that's going to be everything, everything that we're talking about for for the next decade and a half. Do you remember when there was a run on the toilet paper? You know, right. you know all the stress that, that made everyone feel. And like we, we all shared in that. Right. Or, there's nobody that doesn't need toilet paper and there's nobody that hasn't struggled to find it. Right. Right. And so like, that's that's one thing that we can bond like you and I just then right that I don't I don't know if you yeah. pay attention to your brain chemicals but you just felt a, a dose of oxytocin as did right. I it's kind of really wonderful feeling of 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 ease and that happens when we when we bond with other humans and that's right. it's a very powerful thing so as small business owners it's really important that we let our teams know no matter how large or small that we're we're experiencing something together and we're going yeah. through we're struggling together right. uh, and, and and that may require a lot of listening like what are you what are you struggling with you know but also sharing and so that's that's one thing i would want i don't want people to to leave here without understanding that that one that one piece because it's so important right now yeah no i love that we you brought that up that was a kind of i think a great way to wrap up an interview that i wish could go on for hours because I, <laughs> I i can only imagine how much wisdom and wonderful stories you have to share of all this all the ways that what you teach has been implemented <laughs> uh, we'll have to come back together at, at some point in the future for sure definitely definitely and uh, so definitely i'm gonna i'm gonna drop a link to your book, The Cure for Stupidity, because I want everybody to go check it out. I know a lot of people watching this or listening to this later on the podcast can definitely benefit from it. Um, But if people wanted to connect with you, maybe learn more about what your company does, et cetera, what's the best way for them to find you? So so you can find my company's website at thisfeelsdifferent.com. And the the website is is so named because everyone's gone through training, everyone's gone through retreats, everyone's gone through strategic planning. And uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time comes from Albert Einstein. And he said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Uh-huh. Now, often misquoted as Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing. <laughs> he actually never said that piece. He said yeah. this. And to me, what it means is that, yes, we've seen these same things over and over again. We've done them over and over again, and we're getting the same results. And so if you want different kinds of results, then the process needs to be different. And and every time that I I do an experience or an engagement with a client, I always get one piece of feedback. I'm steering for it. Wow, this feels different. There you go. that's my indication that things things are different. So thisfeelsdifferent.com is the name of my website. Um, it's 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 intentionally because I want this entire process to be different. Um, hopefully, this interaction for, for us together was a little bit different than 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 you're used yeah. to because I want everything to feel different so we can get different and unique kinds of outcomes. Yeah. Um, you can reach out to me on all the social medias. Uh, I'm I'm Eric M Bailey. Uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of that. You're all the places, uh, yeah. All, all the places. Oh, and Twitter, I guess. I don't do much on Twitter, but uh, I have one. Yeah, there you go. And I, I love that you said this feels different because one of my favorite quotes that I use in all the marketing classes and workshops I teach is different is better than better. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so 
So yep. that's what you're you're aiming for different, not necessarily better. You want it to feel different. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Well, our time has gone a little bit beyond, but thank you so much for taking the time. This was a super enjoyable conversation. And I know people are gonna get a lot of value out of this. Wonderful. Please go check out Eric's book, The Cure for Stability. I will have a link here and then please connect with him in case you might be able to use the services of his uh, company. I think it can benefit a lot of business owners. So thank you again and have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Simplified Marketing for Small Business Owners today. I hope that you found this episode valuable and that you will subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave a rating and review for me. And if you would like to connect further, you can find me at Krista Fabric on all the social media platforms or kristafabric.com. Make it a great day.